You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. We here at the Gordon Damer Show, and by we, I mean I, Gordon Damer, I want to put this out there at the very top of the show. I take absolutely no responsibility for the actions of our listeners, for the actions of the 98.7 Illuminati. If you take anything away from today's show, it is mainly, it's not my fault. That is all I will say at the very, very top. But hey, welcome in. We're off and running on this, uh, what is it, Thursday, October 22nd. Welcome into the Gordon Damer Show. Today we have the World Series all tied up at a game apiece. We have a Giants and Eagles game tonight. And today, I would have to say, is by far the most controversial entry into the uh, TV's Royal Rumble, which is our regal tumble, that there has been so far. Now, this is only day five, and there are other controversial selections, some so controversial that I actually thought about excluding them because they might they might get the kind of attention that I don't necessarily want. But today's is by far the most controversial so far. So, And it also... It is such a controversial one that I am so against, but I'm going to go with it anyway that I actually came up with a rules tweak that should uh, help improve things, make things a little bit more unpredictable. But again, this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is Thursday, October 22nd. Hopefully everybody is doing well. we got lots to do today. We'll get you ready for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at, of course, 6 o'clock. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Our daily poll question will, of course, be about the Regal Tumble. It is day five. Another show bites the dust. Another, again, I don't know what people are thinking, enters the fray. So we'll get into that one in a little bit. But today is actually a pretty rare day. You're probably thinking to yourself, what's rare about today? Well, look, it's not quite uh, Haley's Comet. But at this point, it's it's not far. It's like maybe, you know, every once in a while they discover like some new animal someplace, like an albino alligator or a three-headed snake or a cyclops fish or something. We have a Giants game tonight, a New York football Giants game tonight, that technically, if you're just looking at numbers and math and not trying to, to put too much into it, you would have to actually say is important in the standings. I know, I know what you're saying. When you take a look at the NFC standings, it's almost like uh, everybody's sitting. They're not standings, they're sittings. But facts are facts. The Giants are one game behind the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. The Cowboys, who have not only lost their quarterback, but lost their last game by approximately a billion points. So the Giants face off against the Eagles tonight to uh, open up Week 7, a little Thursday night football. And the Giants in the midst of games, six games in seven weeks against teams in the NFC East, by far, by all accounts, by every barometer, metric that you would want to use, that uh, the analytics tell you that, your eyes tell you that. The worst division in all of football. And it's kind of crazy to think that the Giants maybe can win some games, right? This, This is the kind of thing that by tomorrow, certainly can seem absolutely laughable, right? Raising the point that this could be an important Giants game tonight. Look, some of you probably are laughing right now. Here we are, the Giants. After all, all they have done 
to find themselves in this position was beat a Washington team by a single point, all basically because Riverboat Ron wanted to set the boat on fire and go for two in that spot. Now, after all the things that the Giants... You can look at all these things and say, well, the Giants have this going for them. They've been competitive in, in all but one game so far. They're coming off their first win. It would seem like, in terms of winnable games, this might be one of them. But all the things that the Giants basically have going for them are, are things that are, really don't have anything to do with the Giants. You would have to say the main thing the Giants have going for them in terms of uh, you know being relevant in the second half of the year is they play in the NFC East. And in the NFC East this year, the one thing that has been proven is you cannot possibly play your way out of it. No matter how bad you are, you cannot possibly play your way out of division contention, at least as we head into Week 7. The other things you would say that the Giants have going for them that really have nothing to do with the Giants, Dallas has been an absolute mess, right? Mike McCarthy looks completely lost. They've lost their quarterback. And at least for one game, they lost, again, by approximately a billion points. That's the way it felt back on Monday night. You have the Eagles, who are all banged up. Washington stinks even more than you. Like, the only thing the Giants have really been able to prove over the last year plus is that they can beat Washington. Washington, they can beat. That's how, I mean, forget about trying to find a name. Maybe Washington just fold up shop altogether. After all, you can't beat the Giants. Who, again, over the last three-plus years, as everybody knows, worst record in the entire sport. Which includes the Cleveland Browns, who went one year without winning any games. So I get it. If you want to come with negativity at 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I don't even know if it's negativity. It might just be realism. right? Like, what are you talking about? When the, the, the Giants have won one game. And now we're talking about them possibly being in the mix. Well, I I don't think that they're going to be in the mix. But at least going into tonight, you can't say that they're not in the mix. And at some point, you think they got to beat the Eagles at some point again, right? Now, I don't know if it's tonight. But you've lost seven games in a row to them. You've lost 11 of 12 against them. You know the last time that the Giants beat the Eagles? Sunglass Hut, Ben McAdoo. First season, week nine, 2016. Think about how long ago 2016 feels. It feels like a lifetime ago. Odell, Eli, McAdoo. That's a very, it feels like last year when Daniel Jones came in, it feels like way longer than a little bit more than a year ago, doesn't it? It feels like it's been five years since that game against Tampa. And you'd have to say the Eagles are all banged up tonight, right? Zach Ertz is out. Miles Sanders is out. Carson Wentz, all kinds of questions. You know he's been sacked. I'm sure maybe you've heard this by now. 25 times already. I did the math. And again, it's my math, so it's always a bit questionable. But by my math, that means that he is on pace to be sacked 66.6666666666 times this year. So maybe you're catching them at the right time. Now, is this a roundabout way to say that I think the Giants can win the division? That this is the time for Joe Judge's team to step up? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, waking up at these hours, as you probably know, it, uh, it affects you in some ways. But I'm not out of my mind, at least not that far out of my mind. I do not think the Giants can win the division because the Giants are not very good. 
But could they create an argument for a few weeks? Well, if they win tonight, you'd have to say they can create that argument. It's not going to make them any better. It's not going to make them good. But if you want to, like last week was a must-win game. Even at 0-5, you can't create the argument of any progress and then go out and lose to the Washington football team. You just can't do it. You can't be 0-6 and talk about moral victories. I'm sorry, not even for Joe Judge, not even in a first year, unlike pretty much any first year for a head coach has ever had. But if you want to create the argument that at least you are in the mix, well, then you'd have to make, you'd have to win tonight to make any reasonable argument to to have a shot. You got to win tonight, and at some point, it's about you. It's not about them. It's not about the division. So any case I hear about the Giants being in the mix, it's always about the other things and not about them. So tonight, you'd like to see the defensive line maybe get a couple of sacks. You'd like to see can Daniel Jones have a turnover-free game. Speaking of rare things, we're talking about albino fish, or albino alligators and cyclops fish. Uh, Daniel Jones' turnover-free game, you realize he has more fumbles than touchdowns this year. He has more interceptions than fumbles. He's thrown for 250 yards all of once. He's on pace as a starting quarterback who started every game. He's on pace for eight touchdown passes. Eight! For all the talk about the Jets quarterback and the need to move, there's a very good chance that conversation's coming for the Giants, too. Like, is it really that big of a deal? We all say, if the Jets end up with the number one pick, you have to take Trevor Lawrence. If you're in that position, that's a sign your quarterback has not progressed as you would like in year three. If you are 0-16, 1-15, even being dealt a bad hand, even being dealt injuries, even being dealt a bad coach, all these things. You have to show some progress. There's a very good chance that the Giants are sitting right behind the Jets at number two. That's just as likely as winning tonight, or maybe not quite that same realm, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? And I get it. Daniel Jones has been dealt a bad hand, but you know what? Saquon's not coming back this year. The offensive line is the offensive line. You got to show some glimpses outside of, you know, taking off and running with the ball for 50 yards. You have to show some glimpses that you're the guy. We saw some glimpses last year. It wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination last year. But at this point, right now, as we sit here on, what, October 22nd, as I said, you've not gotten any progress from Daniel Jones at all. It has been all regression. If Daniel Jones played like this last year, it would have cemented the feeling this guy was overdrafted, nobody thought he was a first-round pick, Another Gettleman bust. He's certainly not the sixth pick. And you've gotten very little of the good, if any, and pretty much all of the same bad. That is not regressed. The bad is still there. The turnovers, the fumbles. Again, on pace, I get it. It's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a sports talk radio argument. Pace is is one thing, and, and what actually ends up happening is another. But right now, Daniel Jones is on pace to pass for like basically like 3,000 yards and eight touchdowns and turn the ball over every single week. If that's not regression, I don't know what is. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So if you want to get in on the Giants, you certainly can. Um, and I guess the real question, it's not really a question, right? Because what you want is not what you get. Clearly, if we've learned anything in New York over the last five years, what you want is not what you get. 
But the real question is, would you even really want to win the division if you're the Giants? Because any conversation you have about the Giants winning the division, it's basically, well, maybe you can win the division at five games. Maybe you can win the division at six games. To me, that's not actually progress. If everybody else sucks more than you, that's not you progressing. That's just them sucking more than you. Now, before we reveal today's entry, the very controversial, the very uh, debated, at least in my head, whether or not in good conscience I could put this out to the people, knowing that on Twitter, I'm the one putting it out there. But these are not my suggestions. So the way I came up with the Regal Tumble kind of dates back. Remember the rewatchable movie bracket? Well, when I came up with that, which was a huge success, there were so many complaints. Complaints from listeners, complaints from people at the station, what movies were included, the seatings for movies. Oh, how could you include this and not that? So that, that spurred an idea in my mind. I said, well, you know, we have to have something that has no seats. So there's no debate. And what I'll do is I'll turn it over to the listeners, turn it over to the uh, secretly created 98.7 Illuminati, the people behind the scenes who can can suggest their shows. And then this way, everybody gets in everybody. Again, what am I about? I'm about bringing people together. That's what I do. So as long as you could make any argument in some way that this is a great show or the greatest show of all time, I would put it up there. So that is how it came about today. Now, the Illuminati came about mainly because of the people that I felt confident would actually respond to me on Twitter or text. So every local show, every local show on the station. So between DiPietro Canty and Rothenberg, obviously Barton Hahn, Carlin, which doesn't really leave you many people to wonder who was involved in that because it's named Carlin. And obviously the Michael K. Show. So those four shows, they all have representation in part of the uh, 98.7 Illuminati. So they are all uh, in the mix. Now, I have, I've made a slight rule change. Remember I was floating the idea of giving Brian a mechanism to eliminate two shows at one time, a double elimination? Well, I've, I've scrapped that. Brian, sorry, nothing what? against you. What? Yeah, but that happens in the Royal that Rumble. That, that never ha- had. But that happens uh, in wrestling. Two people I, get eliminated. No, there still can be a double elimination, but this is the way it's going to be triggered. If there is a show, even if it's not the lowest rated show, if you do not draw 10% of the vote on any given day, you are automatically eliminated. And really, this technically, if the Giants are in technically in the mix for the NFC East, you could make the argument, probably far more compellingly, that a show could have 90% of the vote and three shows get eliminated at one time. So that's the deal. If there's two shows that both have a, any show that has under 10% of the vote will be automatically eliminated. And I bring that up today because I think there's a very good chance that this show now this will probably be the only show that's eliminated today but i bring it up today because of what happened yesterday as well as today's all right let's get to it right so to recap yesterday four went in one came out who came out who do you think hit the music brian no that's not the that's not the that's not the one that got eliminated we're talking about the one that got eliminated first there we go the Walking Dead, much like the New York Jets, non-competitive from jump, never in the game. You could make the argument that an Adam Gase-led team was more competitive than The Walking Dead was. Uh, now, nobody on The Walking Dead did take a sack for a loss of 28 yards, but still, 
Walking Dead, DOA. So they are eliminated. So as we go into today, actually it's day four. I thought it was day five. It's day four of the Regal Tumble. The ones we know remain. All right, there you go. We got cheers. Still very much in the mix. Maybe not blowing away the field, but sometimes, much like in the Royal Rumble, it's about the guy that kind of just kind of lays in wait, right? There you go. You got Game of Thrones still very much involved. Okay, Game of Thrones is there. And then the third returning member to the field, the strongest performer so far, has been The Office. Everybody loves watching The Office on Netflix. Well, what are you all going to do when, when it's no longer on Netflix? Because it's going away at the end of the year. And the end of the year, it's coming up pretty quick. It, again, it's October 22nd. So again, those are the three entries that are returning. Now again, before I unveil today's entry, I just want you to know, this was not my doing. But go ahead, Brian. Hit the... <laughs> I don't like the looks of it either, JR. This is us. Don't do this. This is us who was nominated by one of the 98.7 Illuminati, who will remain nameless as she tells you about the Cross Bronx. And against my better judgment, when you're about bringing people together, you do it even if it's bringing people together over how bad a show this is. And that is This Is Us. I have seen one episode. And immediately thought to myself, you all have a lot of explaining to do. Anybody who tells me this is a great show does not, they really should have their television taken away. Well, I didn't vote for it. Right. No, not even you, Mr. Monday Night Raw. Not even (laughs) you floated this as an idea. I didn't because I wasn't thinking about this because this is a very dramatic and sad. Oh, my God. I have watched every single episode. If you told me I would, you can show. either watch This Is Us or not have a television, I would I would hand you my television without a, a second thought. But there but is again, some plot and twist. I wonder who voted for this. Now I want to know who in the Illuminati voted for this show. I'm well, very curious. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious if uh, if you if you think about it for a few seconds. But uh, and it was not former producer Keith King. This is oh he lo- he oh when he worked at, oh he used to tell me Gordon you got to watch This Is Us. Didn't he used to watch it with show. his girlfriend and stuff like that? Oh my God! Well I don't know what he was doing. I wanted to advise him to do other things, but. Uh, Look, he, he, had a, he had a different path in life, and sometimes you have to let people go down that path, even if that path leads to destruction. So, uh, this, again, this is not about me. This is about you, the listener. So you have, you have the call. Maybe I'm all wet. Maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. So there you go. Those are the four entries going into the Regal Tumble as we speak. They are Cheers, The Office, Game of Thrones, and This Is Us. Boy, oh boy, if you ever had, if you ever had, which one of these is not like the others? Which one of these does not belong? I think it's pretty clear cut. But you can vote. It's up. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And voting will be up until roughly uh, tomorrow's show. So you have a long period of time. And if you can, if you're on Twitter, if you have, you know, a few followers, certainly by all means, retweet it. Get your friends involved. Uh, this, this one I don't think is going to be very competitive. But I'm telling you, before too long... I don't have the exact list in front of me right now. I think tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be, if I remember it correct, tomorrow is going to be the first day it's going to be an actual tough call. 
I feel like so far it's, it's kind of been an easy one, right? We've kind of let you get into the flow of things very easy. Tomorrow we add a show to the mix that very well could win it all. And it's already a pretty strong field with the other three shows. So there you go. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some phone calls involved, shall we? It's a Thursday. I don't want to think too much. We've got Giants and Eagles tonight. I've got to sit through that dreck. And uh, at least it opens up the, uh, a window on Sunday, right? At least we don't have to go Jets, Giants, or Giants, Jets. You, get a fret, you can watch whatever you want. You can watch the Red Zone channel because there's no fear ever of watching the Red Zone channel and seeing either the Jets or the Giants. They are, they are nowhere to be found on that network. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. Oh, look who's up this morning. It is Omar in Brooklyn. Omar, how we doing, buddy? Hello, hello, good morning. Hey, what's going on, pal? Yeah, you were looking for me on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, my Buffalo Bills, I heard, right? I don't know if you heard Debbie's traffic report, but the Josh uh, Josh Allen bandwagon is overturned on the Cross Bronx. The whole thing is closed off. It's it's, yeah, it's been so ugly. There's gasoline everywhere. That Josh Allen uh, hype train. Woof! Yikes! Derailed. <laughs> Listen, he crashed into Riverboat Ron's yacht on Sunday with that two-point conversion. We still have a season, not like your Yankees were sitting at home and crying about food (laughs) and eating, 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 and who else in Tampa Bay winning. So I still have a season to go. Your season is over. Your your winter has already started until the Knicks start playing. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, the baseball season is almost over. The Yankees played, uh, you know, they played a better team in the Rays. Rays were better. Uh, they, they they got beat, and they got to figure out ways to uh, overcome that obstacle that is the Rays. But uh, look, you, you lose okay. the team that very well could win the World Series. No, no, on the serious point. The Bills, I they got to they got to worry about uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Denzel yes, Mims, yes, coming, uh, Chris yeah, Herndon. Sam Darnold is coming Sorry, back. so I have to be serious. Yeah, on the serious note, let, let's discuss something. I, what is going I, on with I, your I, phone? I, Are you I, holding I, the right phone, the right part up to your your mouth? It feels like you've got it reversed this today. I don't know what's going on with your phone. Okay, uh, my, my finger. That's it. That helps. Yes, my. Uh, um, I want to ask you this question. You you are listening to a lot of rumors regarding the next. Uh, Getting Chris Paul, Westbrook, all these type of oh rumors. Oh my God, Russell yeah. Westbrook, Jesus! Yeah. If they do that, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think too. But let let me ask this question first: Do you want to? This is all all the rumors. This has just come out on the rumors list, but it is so good that uh, I wanted to discuss with you. Okay, the Knicks will uh, get Phoenix tenth overall. The Phoenix will get eighth overall, and Knicks will get Ubre. Ubre and, uh, and, and and give up the eighth pick. Yes, and but they will get the tenth pick overall. So and right. uh, so the, drop uh, down two spots, and you get, get a one player that is an All Star player who has only one year left in contract, only twenty four years old. I think that's worth the risk. Uh, that's not terrible. Out of all the things that I've heard, you know, look, when you're comparing it to bringing in Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, or making a reasonable move to move down two slots and getting a guy who's still, I don't know what Ubre is, 22, 23. He's still a pretty young player. 24, 24. 24. Okay, so he's still a pretty young player. Uh, I, I would, that would be, you know, the Knicks are building from the ground up. Uh, and that's what they have to continue. You know, you can't just it, – it, it's not about saying you're building from the ground up. You actually have to do it, and you actually have to show a little bit of, uh, you know, willpower to not just cave every time a big name becomes available unless the big name is actually something that benefits you in the long term. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think this is the, oh the one with the Omar, agree. Head for the hills, and people. Second, second you have a bunker. Van Van Gundy, great high for New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, probably Jeff Van Gundy, a great high for Houston Rockets. Both of them, I uh, listen, Jeff Van Gundy, Stan, Stan Van Gundy got a raw deal in Miami. I think he's a hell of a coach, and I think uh, I, I, for Zion, this type of a coach, you needed it so he can uh, explore to his maximum potential. I think so. Well, that, look, I, I'm, a, I'm excited for Stan Van Gundy to get down there so that uh, Zion can eventually get sick of playing uh, in New Orleans, and eventually he'll be uh, a free agent and the Knicks can go out and, go out and get him. <laughs> Oh, All right, my friend. I'll text you. I'll pair him with Russell Westbrook in four years. I'm sure that'll be great. All right, Omar, get out of here. one 800 espn one 800 Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good. Hey, listen, um, I, I, I want to – first I want to say yeah, This Is Us is like a horrible show. It's not even that it's great. Terrible. It's terrible. So. It's, 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 but look, it's – to make uh, part of my job is to create the other argument, at least see the other side of things. It's a very popular network show at a time where network shows are not very popular. Everybody's, I mean, I can't even name really five network shows, and yet this is one that is on one of the major networks that does quite well in the ratings. I don't know. I think it's probably won some awards someplace. So I don't know. Maybe people like it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know how, but so listen. Um, I, I, it's already started, and uh, you know, I, I figured maybe it was gonna be to like maybe uh, after week uh, twelve, maybe closer to the end of the season, people start talking about uh, a lose a team with a losing record shouldn't host a playoff game, and they're they're. Um, I don't know if it was Ryan Clark. I, I think it was him that said, "Look at what happened to uh, the Saints when they went into Seattle," and I say, "Yes." That's the reason why if you win your division, even with a losing record and you host a playoff game, yeah, man, given Sunday, the Saints got destroyed that game. Like, the record didn't mean anything that day. So I, I don't understand why people's problem would be if you didn't win your division, that's your problem. They won the division, whether it's a losing record or not, they should be allowed to hold a, uh, a playoff game. Uh if you win, well, look, then then get rid of divisions. It doesn't happen that often. I don't really have a problem with it. And, and, now, look, and, and, if, and, if you're telling me, I still think that somebody in the NFC East will end up going 7-9. and nine. I don't know if it's the Eagles. I don't know if it's the Cowboys. It's going to be one of those two. It's not going to be the Giants. It's not going to be Washington. So oh, if one and, of those teams goes 7-9 and nine and wins the division this year, you know, when you can name the other teams that have been below five, what, what's the difference between uh, being 9-7 and seven and hosting a playoff game against a team that maybe won eleven and five. I don't know that that's ever happened per se, but uh, that would be then just get rid of divisions altogether. Just slop them all together in the NFC and the AFC. Pick the best six teams, best seven teams, and uh, in each in each conference, and away you go. But yeah, just like you say, it it hasn't happened that often. So every time it's happened, like was like I think me like personally, I've only remembered twice. I believe it was the obviously the Seahawks. And I believe the other one was the uh, the Rams. Uh, there were uh, uh, I think there were eight and eight and one and uh, seven. I think it was something like that or seven. Uh, eight Carolina, and one. I think, go with get yeah, there you go. It was Carolina. There seven, you go. Eight and one, so, and, and I think so it was, like uh, it's only two teams that I I can remember yeah. that so, that happened. So it's not that you know big. it's 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 not a big deal. Anyway, yeah. And, and look, and, and Lewis, thanks for the call. This year, I mean, there's not going to be any real home field advantage. I mean, I don't know what the playoffs are going to look like. Who knows? Uh, I'm not in, in that kind of prediction business of how many fans will be in the stands. But this year. 
there's not really going to be a, a home field advantage, right? Because uh, of uh, the corona and everything else. So. Wendell sets and the pitch. Swung on line drive. Base hit to left field. Here comes Tito. He scores. And the Yankees win the game. A big base hit for Jose Vizcaino. And the Yankees win 4-3. And they lead in this best of seven series. One game to nothing. Oh, what a game here on a Saturday night and Sunday morning in New York City. And the Yankees mob Vizcaino around first base. What a ball game. 20 years ago yesterday. Wow. Jose Vizcaino. The Yankees taking game one of the uh, Subway Series against the Mets. Gee, I wonder how that series turned out. But, uh, you know, when you think back to the 2000 world, I don't know. It doesn't feel, maybe as a Yankee fan, it just felt like such relief to have won that one. Because if you had lost that one, oh, my God, you'd never have heard the end of it. Oh, my God. So um, when you think back to that World Series, you think of the Jeter home run or you think of Soho. Um, Luis Soho in, in uh, the fifth game, or you know, you don't really think it kind of gets lost in the mix. But there you go, Jose Vizcaino, the uh, walk off base hit there, and uh, 20 years ago yesterday. Wow! All right, it is the Gordon Damer show, it is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. The World Series last night, now all even at a game apiece. The Rays getting a couple of home runs from Brandon Lau, he's finally breaking out of things. And Kevin Cash does what Kevin Cash does. You know, the first game, I thought one of the things that really jumped out was how late he was going to the bullpen last night, not taking any chances after uh, Blake Snell, who was unhittable early, started to lose it. Boom, right to the bullpen, right to the big leverage, high leverage guys, and absolutely uh, got the job done. Nick Anderson comes in and uh, gets out of the jam. And uh, so the series all tied at one game apiece. I still think the Dodgers are probably going to win. And when you watch the Dodgers, you know, the one thing that I kind of watching them, they've done, and of course it always ties back to the Yankees, the one thing that they've done really, really well for all the money that they spend, they've developed their own guys a lot. And I don't know that the Yankees necessarily, I think that that's one area they have to do a better job of. So, um, look, it's a series now. If you had lost, if the Rays had lost game two, then you would have felt like, all right, this is, I, I think we know which way this is going. But now 1-1, you get a series. And I get these games are not, you know, I watch some of them and then I, I, I go to bed and I wake up and I watch the rest on, on the DVR. They're, they're tough to get through with all the relievers and everything else. So it's not the most uh, aesthetically pleasing to watch. But if you're a Rays fan, if you're one of the seven Tampa Bay Rays fans, maybe you get together with the nine Brooklyn Nets fans and you call it, no, no, you're, still, you're happy. That's what I'm saying. So you're happy. All right, let's get back to the phones. one 800 919 ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. Oh, yeah, and the uh, Regal Tumble, day number four. And uh, it is a new entrant, Walking Dead eliminated yesterday. This is us. Uh, this is getting destroyed, at least so far. It's very early on. We run the poll question throughout the day, so you have plenty of chances to get your vote in. Your friends, everybody can get their votes in. And a, a record number yesterday of votes for the Regal Tumble, at least so far. So each day it's been kind of increasing, which has been great. But the four entrants today, Cheers, The Office, Game of Thrones, and This Is Us. And as I put right on the poll question, the Gordon Damer Show, and that means me, accepts absolutely no responsibility for nominees. This This Is Us was a selection of one member of the 98.7 Illuminati who will remain nameless. 
she will remain she will remain nameless. But that's uh, who put this one up there today. And uh, there you go. You can vote on Twitter at Gordon Damer. All right, let's get uh, some more phone calls in here. One eight hundred nine one ninety ESPN. Mike is in Manhattan. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon. Um, I listen to you every morning on my way to work. I love God bless show. you, Mike. Um, and uh, this is just a waste of time. But anyway, I just yes. want to let you know that uh, I'm a Mets, Jets, Knicks, Islanders fan. I'm 30 years old, and I went bald at 20. And I know that it's because of my teams. And I know exactly when it started to happen. So when I was 16, I went to the NLCS with the Mets and the uh, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Carlos Beltran struck out. Right. Which is uh, the bat on the shoulder? Like yep, he did I remember it. All throughout the year, that's when I lost my first hair, and ever since then, it you just remember the moment you lost the first one? Wow, that's it. Yeah, oh yeah, and it just accelerated after that. And uh, I've had nothing but losing and disappointment. Um, and I'm just now, I'm so now Mike. Tired let, of let me ask you this, Mike. Let's do a little deep dive into Mike from Manhattan. Uh, how did you come? Up, how did these teams become your teams? Did you have a, a parent involved? Was there an older sibling? How did you go so poorly, so so consistently? Well, the Islanders well, the are fine, youngest, but the other three. I'm, I'm the youngest of six kids, and okay. my my dad, he's a a big baseball fan, and like everything else, he wasn't like the biggest fan, but just a decent and um so i kind of like inherited his teams and then i just like got sucked in and into it so i'm like the biggest sports fan and that whole thing about like you know your your mom's dad that's how you get your hair or this or that every one of my family has hair my brothers my my uncles my dad both sides everyone has a full head of hair my dad actually has like a afro so i am the only one that was hair, and i know for a fact because i'm such an avid sports fan that my teams have caused me this pain. So who do you blame the most out of those? uh, Who do you think has caused the the, the most hair to fall out? Is it the Jets? I would say it's the Mets. I mean, honestly, the Jets this year might be the worst team in the history. You're lucky you you might have alopecia by the time this season's over. I'm going to lose the hair I have on my back. Yeah. Well, that would be a plus. It might might be a good thing. You know, I don't know. All right, Mike. Well, uh, look, uh, I I feel for you. I understand, you know, it's very, very... Look, I'm a Dolphin fan, so it's not like I've been living in a bed of roses. It's not exactly been all wine and roses down there either. And um, I, I hear you. It's a, it's a very difficult time for Jet fans. It's a very tif- The Mets, at least, things are looking up, right? I mean, you're going to have a new owner here, despite those reports about the Blasio and this thing and that thing. So we'll see how that goes. The Islanders are certainly looking up. Knicks and Jets, uh, look, it's it's... It's not looking up. I can tell. I don't know what it's looking. I guess the Knicks, you, you, there's a little bit more uncertainty. The Jets, it's certainty. You you know exact Week in, week out, you know what you're getting. And what you're getting is terrible. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919. Spike in Jersey. Spike, what's going on? Good morning, my friend. I was just thinking when I heard, I think it was Omar who mentioned Stan Van Gundy. Yes. You know, we all can't stand Riley Pat the Rat for the way he left with the facts and went to Greece with his wife. you remember that? Yes, of right? course. Okay. Well, what he did to Stan Van Gundy was right behind it in 05, I think. He saw that uh, Miami was, uh, with Wade and, and O'Neal and Hassel and Jason Williams, White Chocolate. He saw they were, I think, 11 and 10. You can look it up, I'm sure. And then he goes to Van Gundy, I got this thing now. And he came down and took over, and eventually they won. So, and Van Gundy was out, out of coaching for a couple of years. I think he worked on NBA TV or something. Yeah. Uh, that's a ratty. You, know, you don't do that either. <laughs> you know, 
you know, it's just, yeah. it's just He's just well, a, he's great. He's a great coach and a great uh, general manager, president. Puts teams together. But scruples, man, he doesn't have any. He really doesn't. He's a no, real low he, life. Uh, look, I, I you know, I, I know what you're saying, and in 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 the real world, that's awful. I don't know, man. I, I want somebody who's like, uh, you know, just uh, bloodthirsty for winning and and sees opportunities and just takes it. And and you know, you just think back to. You know, we can all kind of go back to where did things go wrong for the Knicks? Was it this thing? Was it the Ewing trade? Was it this? You'd really have to, if you're really doing a fair analysis of it, it's the moment that Riley left. I mean, they should have probably, in hindsight, they should have given Riley whatever he wanted, team president, rebuild, Uh, whatever. No, he wanted from Jackets, he wanted a piece of the team. And and Dolan uh, was on that board by that. He was, you don't do that, first of all, at the expense of who. I understand you want to win, but if it was you, uh, at the, say you had that job. I mean, look, you don't have to pass the hat for Van Gundy. He's a terrific coach. The whole family, you know, you know the background mm-hmm. with Van Gundy. Yep, yep. The Van Gundy brothers, Van Gundy's father played basketball against Pat Riley in Schenectady, New York. That's the connection. They were at Nazareth High School. He coached. Don't do that to the kid of the father you knew. See, I could live with it if he brought him in from somewhere else, but he knew the father really well. He was a friend of his, so he just bumps his kid out. Uh, you know, it, this isn't real life. This is the toy department. But anyway, I just thought of that when Omar brought it up. As far as the uh, sports go, uh, man, I just hope you got a lot of stuff because I just I keep saying the same thing to whoever I call. I'm thinking about talking about the Jets and Sam Donald and Trevor, whatever the hell his name is, at Clemson, Trevor Lawrence for, for the next six or eight weeks because it's not going to be much to watch. It really yeah, isn't. Look, I, look, Spike, and look, I, I have it easy, and, and Spike, thanks for the call. i got to fill one hour a day, right? And, I mean, uh, there's always stuff going on, and there's always stuff interesting, but uh, that's a, that's the, the job of a talk show host, right? If you're if you ha- if you if I can't fill an hour, then, man, I'm in the wrong business. So, I mean, you know, the K show or, you know, shows that have four hours a day, They'll they'll they figure it out. They, I mean, they're they're super entertaining every single day. All the shows are super entertaining. We always find stuff to talk about, and it won't just be uh, Trevor Lawrence complete. Although Trevor Lawrence is, if you were putting up a word cloud of uh, the things we're going to be talking about, Trevor Lawrence is going to be prominently featured. But we have a lot of stuff that we can do. So, um, and of course, the Regal Tumble. How do you think these ideas come about? Eli's in Queens. Eli, go, my man. Hey, Gordon. Listen, uh, I just got one question for you. When are teams uh, like the Dodgers and the Yankees going to stop trying to outsmart the race? Like, these guys must have the smartest analytic team, I think, in, in, like, in history. And the Dodgers decide to sit there ace and try to uh, keep we're losing you, Eli. Um, well, look, I mean, the Dodgers are a pretty smart team, too. I mean, take a look at some of the guys, you know, Max Muncy and um, Justin Turner. These were guys that were released by other organizations. Maybe Muncy wasn't, but, uh, I mean, they, they have guys on their team that didn't look like they were going to be prominently featured guys on any team, and they've gone there, especially Justin Turner, and has turned into a consistent, you know, all-star caliber player and a, and a major reason for why they win. Now, look, the Rays, what they've been able to do with the limited payroll and the flexibility that they have on both sides, both on offense and, and the pitching, that's great. 
But, you know, Dodgers have done a pretty good job. For the Yankees, though, yeah, they have to get, uh, for all the talk about their analytics, that they are losing in that side of things to both the, the Dodgers and the Rays. You know, it's one thing that the Dodgers haven't won a World Series. They've been in them. They've been a pretty consistent threat every single year. They've had some opportunities, have not been able to break through. Um, for the Yankees, they, you know, it's been a long time now. It's been a while. And they got to they try to figure out some way to close the gap. Just to kind of recap this morning, obviously it's Thursday night. Tonight we get Giants, we get Eagles, and it's, it's one of those rarities. At this point, at any really, at any point of the, uh, the, the, the sports calendar, the NFL calendar, where we have a Giant game as we head into Week 7, that, look, you can feel whatever way you want about it. Mathematically, just by the hard numbers, it does have some significance. Now, whether or not the Giants can take advantage of all the things they have going for them, which are not really things that the Giants have done anything about. All the things that the Giants have going in their favor, the fact they play in the NFC East, the fact that the Cowboys are sitting where they are, the fact the Eagles are all banged up, that's not really saying anything about the Giants. But they get an opportunity tonight to maybe not convince you. That would take a lot to convince you that they're somehow now going to be in the mix. But at least you would be able to craft the argument. If you can go out there and win tonight... In any fashion you can, then you'd have to say the state of the NFC East, that the Giants would mathematically have a shot. And we'll see if they can do that. We'll see if Daniel Jones can go out there and actually have a turnover-free game. Speaking of rarities, I don't, I don't know that I'm uh, exactly betting on FanDuel on that one. But uh, we get that tonight. And, of course, the Regal Tumble, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Today's entry, which, again, the Gordon Damer Show takes no responsibility for whatsoever, is This Is Us. So cheers, The Office, Game of Thrones, This Is Us. Please vote on Twitter. We will be back tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. Please listen to the podcast. It will be up on Twitter in about an hour or so. And we'll see you tomorrow at 5, because 98.7 FM. This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.